0: Hello everybody, welcome to this episode of how to skill a business. I'm Darwin, your host for today's episode, and I am with Stefan Luckinob, CEO and founder of Salbi Therapeutics. Hey, I'm Stefan. Thank you so much. And how are you?
1: Good, thanks. How are you? Happy to be here.
0: Um, I'm good. Kind <laughs> of complained so far. And by the way, um Stefan, can you please share some information about yourself? and what you're doing
1: Yeah, sure. Um so um my background's in biochemistry and virology. Um I trained at UMaine for undergrad and then Pitt and Harvard um oh. for grad school. Yeah, and I took a few courses at Hopkins in science writing and biotech which um was kind of the start of I guess my interest in business. Um so combining all those in the company Salvate Therapeutics has been um, my work for the past few years. Oh, wow.
0: What an amazing background. So yeah, um, thank you so much for sharing those information here in the show, um, Stefan. And by the way, yeah, um, let's talk about the company, which is Salve Therapeutics. So what is Salve Therapeutics or what does it stands for?
1: sure um so it's a it's a biotech company um, although we have a heavy software component uh, our, our aim is to combine elements of engineering and biology together to kind of um, help start a new industry of bioengineering it's it's a relatively new discipline compared to other engineering fields but the idea is to take um, more of a mathematical design oriented approach, to developing biological inventions and doing that with the help of computer programs for either, um, you know, the design process or or testing or or any of those aspects of engineering can be really helpful because then you can do things inexpensively and quickly on a computer before you start doing things in the lab, and so the hope is that. Um, using technology will eventually allow us to make better, uh, more powerful and cheaper drugs, especially for patients with, um, you know, nasty diseases.
0: I see. What an amazing um, yeah, um, story, actually. And thank you so much for that one, um, Stefan. And also, I'm just curious about it. Um, can you please tell us about the history and the background of salve therapeutics?
1: Yeah, it kind of came together spontaneously. I graduated from Harvard um with my second master's in wow. um May 2019 and COVID hit a few months later. Mm-hmm. Um and so you know everything switched over to webinars. Nobody was was doing anything, society was pretty paralyzed. Yeah. And with with the advent of the webinars and having just finished my degree, I I sort of retrained a little bit and tried to um think a bit more about what to do next with my career. I, I knew about the startup industry in Boston where I was living and it sounded pretty exciting. And some of my ideas that came from my my educational 10 years um, were sort of suitable for a, a biotech startup context. Um, mainly I wanted to try uh, working on cell and gene therapies using viruses as a delivery method, me- mechanism. So I, um, I started thinking about, okay, well, what, what virus would I use to make a cell and gene therapy? What, what diseases would I target? And I, I'm not a programmer. I can't code, but I know a bit about computer hardware just from being a hobbyist. And I realized that if, if you had a computer program to design something like a viral gene therapy in silico before you bring it into the wet lab, which can be quite costly, you could. Get from hit to lead and generate sort of like a virtual portfolio of potential viral gene therapies uh, to then to then test in the wet lab. And I knew a little bit about engineering from having family members who were engineers, and I knew about uh, so-called CAD software. CAD stands for computer-aided design, which is software used for prototyping in every other engineering field, including you know chemical, mechanical, electrical, Mm -hmm. etc. And I just reasoned that, well, if you had a CAD platform for biology, then regardless of your computational biology experience, you could drug design on your computer very easily and then just test it in in the wet lab. Um, And so the first time I started talking about the idea was actually um, at NVIDIA's GTC conference in fall 2020. Uh, which had moved online obviously and i met a company called pssc labs out of orange county that makes um high performance computers so they're like mini desktop supercomputers with uh, parallel gpu units usually made from nvidia and i i asked them you know is does the technology existing in computers to run biosimulations like i'm thinking about you know for for software like this and they assured me that yes this Kind of technology does exist we have it um, we've been using it in chemistry for a while but it can definitely apply to biochemistry uh, which is a bit more scaled up a bit more complicated and that was kind of the first thread that um, led to the company's inception the other was when i was at Pitt in 2012 i think um, a faculty member gave a tenure talk where he described using um, alienware gaming desktops so just you know, desktops that PC gamers use to model um, biochemical and biophysical systems, and you know these weren't complicated. They cost about three to five thousand dollars, and with with that simple consumer available technology, he was able to do a lot of really advanced biology research, um, and so that that kind of led to the idea of VirCAD, um, which is short for Virus Computer Design, being The first product, if you will, the company, and even though we're, we're called therapeutics for a biotech company, for sure. Um, you know, the, the software would be sort of the workhorse of the company. And, and it leads to a lot of interesting possible business models. Um, when, when you combine software and biology in that way, and really we resemble more of like a traditional engineering firm in startup form, um, than like like a, a conventional one product one company startup. Um so we hope to to take that model um you know as far as we can.
0: All right. So thank you so much um Stefan. Um even though that some of those information that you share, I couldn't relate because I am not good in science actually. <laughs> but thank you so much. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah no problem. And also um by the way, um as a business um owner I'm um, actually, I'm um, yeah. I'd like to ask this for you. Can you walk us through to your overall business strategy? Yeah, I would like to yeah.
1: know about it. Well, I think I'm I'm probably more confident than I should be because i um, training at Harvard, where okay. you know I was, you know, working in really top-notch labs, and also reading a lot of the Wall Street Journal at the mm-hmm. same time. Um, gave me a very corporate overview of science a very sort of market driven view and i think that's what's made me better than average you know for for a first time founder at things like intellectual property law um contract law uh what else different types of litigation for for my startup and and having having that sort of ip law first attitude has um helped me make a lot of really great early corporate partnerships and, and form memberships at places and also hire people, you know, with, with just equity and, and no investment and really no burn rate. So we, we spend $0 a month on doing what we do. Um, just because right now we're sort of building the company into like a, an employee owned company in a way, almost like a co-op and, um, and if you if you jump at investment right away, that that sort of would take that out of our hands. We're not we're not opposed to. I mean, I have pitched before, and and it was mostly to advertise the idea and form a network, um, but it wasn't with sort of um, the serious intent to get funding because I knew that would reduce our equity or dilute our equity rather. And the second, I think, um, motivation has been I, I'm the customer. You know, I'm, I'm a scientist. I um, have very basic com- computational skills, and so in in a lot of my projects, they would involve drug design or, or you know biochemical interactions. That I'd be like, man, I wish I had a, a computer program to do this for me because this is <laughs> that'd be way mm, easier. Yeah. So I think designing the product around myself as the customer also was a, an accelerant and you know I went that that's that's sort of those two motivations or those two strategies have carried me from just being myself back in spring 2021 to now having over 20 people including a lot of interns from um the University University of California San Diego Berkeley LA who are really eager and and really love this project and seem to want to um contribute to it quite a bit
0: okay so thank you so much again um Yeah, um sure. actually you have an amazing story. <laughs> yeah, I really oh, love thanks. yeah, <laughs> I really love on um, hearing it from you. And yeah, um about challenges or obstacles, um I'd like to hear it as well from you. So can you um talk about any challenges or obstacles that you've been faced um faced further in your business and how did you overcome them?
1: Yeah, I think the the main challenge for an early startup is to minimize costs and max, maximize productivity. And I, I chose to move from Boston to LA, even though Boston is definitely a more, um, established biotech center than Los Angeles, because I, I like the city. I think it's overall a more creative city and, um, it's, it's less expensive and a bit more conservative than like the Bay area, for example and i think it has a lot of potential you know there there's a lot of space there's a lot of um sort of unused uncapitalized real estate that could be really good for biotech so the main the main challenge of la is obviously like um you know it's housing it it's really tough to get good housing in los angeles <laughs> and this is a huge problem that i think stymies the efforts of founders to get established in that city um i i've made overall progress on the company with with really no problem But the company hasn't been the challenge um it's been more um making sure that like i can keep the company running and have a place to live <laughs> which is really difficult because most investors want you to work full-time and that prohibits you know a, a job with an income while you're working in a startup and that in turn strains your ability to house yourself so uh, luckily I've had relatives who have helped me out. And, and that was kind of my plan to to live with them because then I don't have to pay rent and I can keep working on the startup without having to sacrifice a full-time job. But not other other founders aren't so lucky. And so we have to really figure out whether there needs to be a culture shift from investors having too high of expectations on early founders, you know, to to prohibit them from working to house themselves in the interest of being full-time on the startup is kind of madness. So <laughs> I think I think there needs to be some sort of groundswell to change that that kind of absurdity.
0: All right. So yeah, thanks again, um, Stefan. And now um about um, matrix or KPIs. So can you um speak to any of those um that you use to measure the success of your business?
1: Yeah, um, I think I'm kind of unconventional about it. For me, it's what kind of talent I can attract. You know, if, if I can convince smart, talented people that I have a good idea and, and we're doing good work and they they come on board, um, then that sort of validates, I think, what I'm doing. Um, and I think the the fact that we've been able to go from nothing to, to early stage product development from really a non-coding founder is um, pretty amazing. And then um, I'd say the types of um, partnerships that we've formed. So we're part of Microsoft startup program, the founder sub, we're part of NVIDIA startup program, Inception, and we've been able to hire interns on either for credit or for a small amount of equity basis from you know major tier one research universities in, in the UC system and abroad. And so um, I, think, I, I think that speaks to the merit of what we're trying to build and also having things in order on paper. So making sure that like we're incorporated properly, we have our IP in order, um, we're finding that IP correctly with you know all the ventures getting credit and the right institutions helping us is also important. So I think, I think that's why I feel solid. And I think the company is pretty solid even though we've been pre-investment and pre-revenue for, excuse me, um, a few years okay. now.
0: All right. So what an amazing. Um. Yeah. I'm sorry again. So thanks again, um, Stefan. And by the way, for the next question, I am not sure if this uh, makes sense. Actually, I just read um the about or oh, yeah or the information of your website earlier. So and I made this question. So yeah, for the next question, this is all about for, um salvi therapeutics so are sure. there um yeah so are there um are there any specific um genetic disorder that salvi therapeutics is particularly focused on addressing
1: yeah so in our company deck there are four ideas for viral-based gene therapies that we could build to test the the validity of our platform and the utility of the platform And the indications, therefore, are are endometriosis, a rare type of pediatric brain cancer called um, diffuse intrinsic pontine glioma, DIPG. And then one for atrial fibrillation, which is a heart arrhythmia, and another for a lysosomal storage disease called um, mucopolysaccharidosis 1. All these diseases are... um, genetic to an extent again can be targeted by a gene therapy they'd be difficult drugs to make because you know they're they're mated from complicated viruses they're targeting complicated indications and um for that reason we've kind of pivoted to focusing on starting to test our platform's utility and validity by designing viruses that target bacteria they're called phage viruses and they're much simpler than human viruses. Um, most of what we know about genetics and molecular biology has been mapped out in phage historically, and it's garnered a lot of people a lot of Nobel prizes. And there, there's a real need for phage in the antibiotic industry because we have a lot of patients in U.S. hospitals becoming resistant to chemical antibiotics, uh, or at least they're 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 getting bacterial infections that are resistant to chemical antibiotics and you know, these are burn victims, immunocompromised patients, uh, transplant patients, and they they don't usually get infections, but when they have their conditions they, they do. And then to have these infections not respond to, you know, all but one or two chemical antibiotics is really distressing because that just adds more to the patient and Dr. Burden. So in Eastern Europe, like Poland, Georgia, uh, Russia, and also when it was USSR, they they used phage as antibiotics to kill bacteria that cause infections. And so the idea has precedent, and it's starting to get more traction in the U.S. through so-called phage therapy centers at places like uh, UC San Diego, Texas A&M, MIT has a bunch of phage researchers that are interested in developing new therapies, and where we come in is we can use our platform to genetically engineer these phage uh compu- you know uh, in silico on the computer to target more than one bacteria the, the main drawback to phage therapy right now and and probably why it's not being implemented as much as that um one one phage virus can usually only target one type of bacteria and when you have an infection composed of multiple bacteria. That's not really feasible. And also there aren't many clinical trials being done on phage therapy. So I think with, with computational genetic engineering, we can sort of mix and match pieces of, of phage and, and make sort of super phage, if you will, that'll kill more than one bacterial in- infection in a patient and therefore make it a more valid therapy for, um, uh, you know, hospital antibiotic usage. And, um, We're start you know as far as like scaling up we're starting to talk to um you know other companies that are in phage other researchers and and university centers and um i think we'll we'll be moving eventually hopefully um into a new space and then really moving from the computational part of our business into finally the the biotech wet lab part of it
0: all right so thanks again um stefan and yeah, um, the, um, for the next question, this is too important. So can you please discuss any partnership or collaboration you've formed to help um, grow your business?
1: Yeah, um, we, I think I mentioned before, we joined Microsoft's yeah. startup program called the Founders Hub. And um, we set up a, a cloud instance, an Azure instance, that's uh gpu based so that we can run simulations for our program on it um to help us build it so that that's that's been great because the, the program provides cloud credits that you can use to do that and again that keeps costs lows and productivity high and in terms of institutions we, we were initially a hopkins based venture uh, i joined program there to get tech transfer support for our ideas really early on and in, in like I think spring 2021 and we went through a few accelerators there we got a little bit of money and now we're more centered around UC San Diego because most of our interns come from there and we've also um, invoked their tech transfer facilities to, to help us out besides that um NVIDIA were part of their startup program and that gives us discounts on computers that we'll have to buy eventually. And also just getting to know people in the LA ecosystem. Um, our first incubator was Lab Launch in Monrovia. Uh, right now we're at Braid theory in San Pedro. Um, and they provided, you know, the the small amount of space and, and you know, a legal mailing address that we needed um, to apply for like government grants. So I, I wrote one government grant, which is a good experience just to know how it works. Um, we didn't get it, but... Um, you know, forming forming these early connections um makes it easier to start like growing fast later on, you know, or or acquiring resources when we need them.
0: Mm -hmm. So yeah, um, thanks again, um Stepan. And yeah, um all of those things that you share here. Thanks. Yeah, thanks a lot for it. And sure. Um, yeah, um, Stefan, by the way, I didn't notice that this is already be, be the final question. So yeah, for the final question, this is too important because I'll need to include this to the um, podcast title. So yeah, Um. if anybody wants to connect or anyone thinking about working with you or partnering with you, maybe, where's the best place they can go or what is the best way to do that?
1: LinkedIn, for sure. <laughs> I've, I've made yeah. a lot of really useful connections on LinkedIn. Um, I try to answer messages as much as I can um, from potential customers or investors or, or employees. So yeah, just find me at Stefan N Luciano on LinkedIn, and um, that you know I'll do my best to answer.
0: All right. So thanks, thanks for that one, um, Stefan. And also, yeah, um, do you know what? That some of the questions that I have here was gathered from your LinkedIn profile. <laughs> yeah. Oh, great. Actually, I try to look, um yeah, look your your information and your, and link in your in LinkedIn. so I could, you know, um get some information about you if the question that I have here is related or makes sense. <laughs> so yeah, cool. so, yeah, another pure of liquid um that we get or acquire today from our guests. and it's really our pleasure having you in the show, um Stephen. so thank you so much. So by the way, before we um yeah end this conversation, do you want to? thanks someone
1: or do you want to say something um yeah people sometimes ask me what i what i named the company after salve therapeutics and thank you for pronouncing the name correctly um i i actually named it after a latin hymn that um has been used for for a long time in uh western christian circles it's called the the salve regina it's a famous hymn so if anybody wants to know where the the muse for the company name came from it's, it's that song
0: okay so yeah thanks for sharing um about it so yeah um stefan um thank you again and guys if you made it this far thank you so much for sticking here with us if you got any value for today's episode we would love to get a rating or review where you get the podcast if there's someone in myth and growing their business or thinking about starting a business send this episode to them and then take one thing that you learned today go out implement it execute it and let us know how it goes we want to hear your wins and above all thanks for here with us today and we really appreciate you a lot and see you in the next one